Uh, so loud. Damn, girl, that was so loud. Uh, well, uh, welcome to the podcast. I am uh, Greg Stone. Welcome to Friday Night Greg. Today, I'm on the road. I'm still at the Borgata. We have a great guest. Um, Adam Ferrara is going to be with us shortly. I just decided to hit record before he got here. So maybe we'll kill a little time before he jumps in. Um, but I do want to talk about him before he gets here. Uh, this guy is a great comedian. Um, he's done a ton of shit. He's also a guy who I looked up to before I started. And it's kind of cool um, now to have comedians that you kind of like you get to work with these guys and then they become friends. And Adam has become a friend. He's like a, he's a great guy. He's got a new special out. Uh, let me pull that up for you. It's called. Uh, it's scary in here. It's on YouTube. It's free. Check it out. Also, let's do a little housework. Let's. Uh, I want to thank all the subscribers who subscribe to the Patreon this, at the Greg Stone Zone. Uh, Patreon.com slash the Greg Stone Zone. We had another live show. We would, In my world, we did it last night. I don't know when this comes out, but it was a blast. I saw Stephen Duran. That's a, if you're familiar with the, the fan base, that guy comments on it a lot of things. He's the best. He's a great guy. He came to the show at the Borgata, and I said, why don't you come upstairs? We'll, we'll, we'll record. We'll, you'll be here for the live episode. He wasn't going to make it home in time, so he came upstairs, and he just sat in a chair. I didn't have two microphones, <laughs> so that kind of happened, and uh, we had some. We had the greats in there. Matt moves my, uh, mountains. Ian was in the mix, um, so check that out. That's You can watch that now if you want. It's on the patreon.com uh, slash the Greg Stone Zone. Uh, also, if you don't follow me, on Instagram, please uh, follow me on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, like the best thing you could do for me is tell your friends, tell your friends about the podcast. That's your job. Right now, our podcast, we, my fan base, the, the guys, everyone, the girls, everyone who listens to this podcast, you are, I hear from you. I talk to you guys. I love you. We are a small rebellion against the garbage comedy that is out there. You are my soldiers. And as much as I appreciate everything you guys do, the, the real work is in sharing telling your friends that's the biggest compliment i could get um yeah, also like you're handsome and i think you're funny really any compliment is the biggest compliment because it all means so much to me but i guess i have to get you guys to share stuff so that's a nice thing you could do is if sharing all that stuff and telling your friends really helps me get the word out because it allows me to do i mean the reality is it allows me to spread what i want to spread a little bit further you know and i'm this is gonna sound real lame is I, I i believe in comedy is not everyone i think i most of the comedians out who are like huge right now a lot of it's negative shit you know everyone's like oh you fucking Zelensky's a coward or whatever i don't know what people are saying and um no one said that but anyway like you know I, you know i think it's a different flavor i think we're doing different flavors over here so share it share it out i'm also just treading water until adam gets here i don't I don't know why he's late. Can you send another link, pal? Sure. Oh shit. I fucked this up. Let's share. Uh let's share it. Invite to Oh, that's right. Well, we sent Adam a new link, so he'll be joining uh, momentarily. Um, I definitely started a Zoom meeting and then just changed the link. <laughs> I didn't tell him. Oh, piece of shit I am. Anyway, 
Adam's about to join us, and it's he's going to be. Is we'll, we'll see how this goes. I don't know how it went. Who knows how this goes? This could end in a blazing fight. We never talk again. But I think it's going to end good. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Adam Ferrara. What's up, baby? <laughs> hey, buddy, how you doing? Hey, Good, can you hear me? You sound great. You look great. Thank you. So do you, my friend. Congratulations. How's it, baby? He's good. You know. Yeah. Oh, heads up. We're recording. I already started just because I was bored. So I understand. Don't. I don't know what you what you were doing before <laughs> I showed up. I can't confirm, deny, deny or support any actions that happened before I joined this conversation. <laughs> yeah, it was a big shit on Adam Ferrara sesh. No, it wasn't. <laughs> No, I spoke very highly of you because I think you're is it your I don't want to kiss your ass to your face. Um big fan. Which, which is it's painful and unlikely <laughs> where the, the way the human spine bends. Why why is that? How come we can't take compliments as humans or as comedians? You know? Because we wouldn't be comedians if we could. Well, you know, you need some kind of grist for the mill. You need to, I think. All right, I don't know about you, but this just this just struck me. Mm-hmm. What if it's to, it 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 gives us a place to go? It, uh, let's just start by saying it's not healthy, Gregory. Right. To accept a compliment or the opposite, uh, accepting not being able to take in a compliment, which is I think a variation of not being able to accept love is not healthy. You're right. You know, if we, if we were plants, we'd all be dead. <laughs> yeah, we would. So we'd be kicking the water. We would just be resisting the water that is yeah. trying to make us fast. Yeah, but I think as comics, writing about how we can't, and why we can't, <laughs> I think kind of helps. No, no. I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely good to to come from a negative. You know, like uh, we have to remain as the people, and so once you get this god ego, it doesn't help. So I think we have to resist the god ego. But I've resisted it so much that I just have crippling low self esteem. And that is also not. I don't think I've resisted it. I don't think I was ever exposed or even in the vicinity of the God ego. I have to be honest with you. At, 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 at no point did I think to myself, I'm a God. You could have. You literally, I know comedians who get new faces on Montreal and they mm-hmm. think they're the greatest thing that's ever walked. You've been on countless TV shows, countless specials, countless leather jackets. You know, you <laughs> are the king. <laughs> You definitely I mean, it could have been there. I think it's a testament to who you are as a person that you 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 haven't drank the Ferrara juice. Well, thank you. It's 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 I I I I thank you so much. It's it's very kind of you to say I've been very fortunate to be able to do a lot of things uh, um, uh, in the field of comedy and acting and stuff. But there's no great cleansing that happens, you know, and I think the, the the for me, it was, well, don't get disappointed. This ain't it, you know. What do you it's, mean? It's just, wait, wait, what do you mean? Expand on well, that. Well, there's no great cleansing when you get there. Like when you get a new faces at Montreal, when you get your first right. special, when you get a series regular gig, when you, you know, when you get to. And, you know, yeah. it's it's nice. I've worked this hard to achieve something. I've got I'm very fortunate, grateful to have, for the most part, respect of my peers, which is very important to me from, to hear it from fellow soldiers. Um, but this it doesn't take any pain away. There's no you know, great cleansing. Like I said, that happens. It's like, Oh, now I can, ha- now I'm happy. 
Now right. I'm happy. No, you're not. It's it's going to be the same thing. And and what I found was wanting those things, and we all want them, Greg. We all want mm-hmm. you know the late night spots. We all want everything. And once you get them, you're so you're so focused on getting them. And then when you get them, you're like, or well, we get to a point where you might have some modicum of success. You know, now I got to stay here. So you're always mm-hmm. you're always chasing it to get it, and then you're you're worried about keeping it. And then it's gone and you realize, well, that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, pause you real quick. Are are you happy? Are you happy? Adam, are you happy? <laughs> are you happy? I get it in spurt stone. <laughs> You're not going to be. My father would always tell me, look, you ain't going to be happy every day. Right. You get a couple of them, string them together. And just don't turn adversity into unhappiness. Right. I'm, he goes, what do you, go ahead. Sorry. No, but he, th- th- that's what he said. He goes like, the, you know, the, the, the happy's here, sad is here. You want to be in the middle. You want right. to be in the middle. Because in the middle, you're not going to get too high. You're not going to get too low. And you get too high, you, you worry about having to, like I said, hold on to that success or continue that feeling. You're mm-hmm. afraid it's going to go away. At least that's the way my my mind works. And then when you say you're like, when is this going to go away? Like, I don't want this to go away. And then when you say like, when's this going to go away? But if you're in the <laughs> middle, you're like, and experiencing this and this and this, you can you can appreciate more. It, it's weird. I, I don't know if this example is going to make any sense to you. I just did um the the Rolling Stone podcast, the the top five hundred albums of all time. Here we go again. How yeah. Mister Famous at? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> it was Josh. It was Josh's podcast. Josh Adam Meyer's podcast. He asked me to do oh. it, right? Oh, okay. So I just did the podcast, and it was it was the Clapton Slowhand album, and one of the songs we spoke about was "Wonderful Tonight." Clapton's "Wonderful Tonight." Yeah, and that's a song that grew blossomed as I grew up as an adult. It was a great, it's always, first of all, you're introduced to it at a wedding because that's the slow dance song. Right. You know, or your prom, that's the slow dance song, you know? And then as you get older, you listen to the lyrics, you know, it's late in the evening and I'm waiting for it to come down. He's frustrated. She ain't ready again, <laughs> but he's writing a love song about it. Yeah. And you can see, even though he's frustrated with this is what she does, she comes down and she's stunning and right. he's lucky to have her, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the way I feel about my wife. So am I happy now? I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm happy because I'm appreciating little things more. And yes. I think that's what happy is, is the appreciation of, you know, I'm, I'm in town now for two weeks. I'm in New York right now for two weeks, and I'm doing spots at the cellar. My new, my new toys work. My new jokes work. Um, I had to come in and do the podcast and a bunch of stuff, and I'm just enjoying being here. Uh, and I'm just appreciating that, that I have access to, you know, I can, I can, I have access to this. I'm, I can, I can do this. I can create in this environment. And the but nice thing about being in New York right now, at this point in our history with climate change, you can experience the seasons in one day. It's great. You're in New York. Why are we doing this on zoom? What? Why are we doing this on zoom? I because thought you were I in LA. Just, I just, I just had another <laughs> zoom before this. I got one after this and I got an 845 at the cellar. I you can't come to Queens. Please? No, I do it at the cellar now. Why did you tell me? We could have done it tonight. After my Are you how? Can we just pause this and then do it tomorrow or the day after? No, tomorrow, I'm on a plane tomorrow. You piece of shit. I want to be in a room with you. All right. Well, I hate to say tonight the cellar after my spot. I, I'm I, at the Borgata I right now. I'm at the Village Underground. What? No, I'm at the Borgata right now. Oh, and so well, I'm technically don't like yell so. at me. You're not in New York. Look at you <laughs> yelling at me. But I would have planned around because you're not here. You fuck. <laughs> I know I'm not here, but you didn't know I wasn't here. You didn't know that. <laughs> anyway, 
<laughs> That's funny. Last this is... time we did it at your house, and we and, I forgot. And we had Greek food for lunch. <laughs> Psychopath came to my house. I don't know why I you did. did that. <laughs> and it, it was a whole afternoon. I had a great time. It was all we really did. And then you came to my house to do my show. Yeah. Yeah, and it was fun. Yeah, it's better in the room. It really is. It's better even like when you're meeting directors and and, and you got to audition and stuff. Is don't uh -huh. you find it being better in a room with people Every around? You can feel that energy. You know, everything is better in the room. Uh, yeah. I don't mind this. I don't mind this. Like tonight, I have to, I have to do a read for a thing. I have to do it over Zoom, and mm -hmm. I am not looking forward to it. I also, uh, but I have to do it. I have to stick some audition thing but i i don't know how i'm gonna i know if i go in a room i'm mm -hmm. gonna i'm gonna jam the, i'm gonna jam on these you know i'm gonna come in people are gonna see yeah. my energy even if yeah. i don't do well they're like i like this guy yeah. but sending in a video of me being like welcome to the store henry welcome to the store henry welcome yeah. to the store it's i, I just it's not it's, yeah it's, it's not, not exciting there's, there's there's no give and take and you got to do you got to do tonight so you're in a hotel room and right if you're going to shoot it like this it's going to look like a snuff film so do something with the lighting <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if there's much I can do with the lighting except turn them on or turn them off. Mm -hmm. Does this help? What? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't. I have a fun thing I do want to do with you today, though. Well, we'll get to it naturally when it comes up. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, I well, this is um, it's very upsetting to me because I, well, I googled you and I was like, I want to actually because of you, mm -hmm. I started trying to prepare for podcasts more. I was envious of how you do your podcast. You. I came to sit with you and I literally went, I don't know how this is going to work. This guy doesn't know shit about me. Why, why would anyone know anything about me? And then you mm -hmm. were like, your mom's name is Dale. Let's get into it. I'm like, how the hell you know my mom's name? You know, it was like, <laughs> you like you, you take this stuff in a good way, in a serious way. And I was like, I'm going to start doing better at that. I can't show whatever. So I Googled you and what came up I, were, I don't questions. There's these most asked questions about Adam Ferreira, which it's funny because okay. I Googled me. No questions. No one's asking any questions about Craig Stone. They're like, do you mean the French poodle the guy in Europe or the swimmer? It's like, no, there's a comedian. Um, man, I want to ask you these questions. Let's get to the bottom of it. Also, I will give you, you can say pass. I got to give you okay. the out. You can say pass. Oh, that's good. That's any good. Of these, and I will not be offended. Okay. Um, but these are the Adam Ferrara questions. One. Ooh, wait, let me like me. I want I don't want to see the answer. So let me shut this because. I like to. Uh, all right. There's answers too. Yes, there are answers. And I want to see if you get them right. That's the okay. quiz. Okay. We're, we're going to see if you can nail the Adam Ferrara quiz. Mm -hmm. One, what does Adam Ferrara do now? Okay. You, Apparently, you he annoys Greg Stone for doing <laughs> shit over Zoom. Is that the answer? Uh, let's look. I would say, that's your, okay, that's your answer. My answer is stand up comedian. Who also, well, you just did something too. Weren't you just in a TV show? You just did yeah. something that I was mad that I didn't know about. Uh, I was on the show Why Women Kill, and I just did a, a thing for, I'm also a big car guy. So I got, I did a launch pad for uh, uh, history. It's, it's pretty much um, a shark tank for automotive inventors. So I was Ooh. at SEMA, the big automotive uh, event in Vegas, and uh, we shot uh, the, that competition show. Uh, and I shot some other stuff for there. And I was uh, uh, so I got that coming. And I got my special on YouTube uh, called uh, It's Scary in here. Um, I already plugged it. Yeah, And I'm doing stand up and my podcast. Very excited about your podcast. Already plugged your special. Just watched it. I was trying to do some writing and then I was like, I was Googling you. And then I mm -hmm. was like, let's watch a little bit. Of this. I also saw it because turns out I forgot I've seen you live maybe five times this year. <laughs> so right. I was, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I love this. Yeah, one. I was that working on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, and it came out great, man. It's a great special. And I'm, I'm you, proud of you. Is that a right word? I feel that seems condescending. I'm proud. I'm not condescending. I know friend. which in the spirit in which it was intended. And I take it. Italians always do that. I'm proud yeah. of you. I'm proud of you. The good proud job. of you. All right. You look good, Adam. Yeah. All right. Well, so your answer is you annoy Greg Stone. My answer is stand up comedian slash Gavon. Uh, the Internet says presently, Adam hosts a critically acclaimed BBC sensation Top Gear. 2008. Okay, so that that's an old <laughs> that big. that's all we have to update the Internet. All right, we'll do that. Um, so and nominee for best male comedy stand up by American Comedy Awards and has three Comedy Central specials. You currently what you're doing now is have three Comedy Central specials. I have currently have three now, not, not, not just the one I'm plugging There's three. I, I think it's my I think it's my fourth special. But yeah, that, that's old. Top Gear was uh, was it was a fun ride. Yeah, literally. What are you mm-hmm. driving? Can I ask? Can I ask you this? This is a great sure. question. Sure. You're doing Top Gear, right? You're yeah. all around cars. You, mm-hmm. You're into cars. Mm-hmm. What are you driving? Uh, I had. I just sold my, my. I have a. I had a Buick uh, Electra 225. I had an old 1970 Deuce and a Corda. Sold that. I currently now have a 1990 LS 400, which is the first year Lexus came out with the uh, with, with, with the big uh, luxury Ooh. sedan. I murdered it out, means everything's black. All the badges are off it. It's black on black yeah. with black wheels. I took out the amber lights in the front. I took it out. I had the guy take <laughs> out the amber lights in the front. So it's just, uh, now it's just a clear light with the Euro chin on the bottom. And I dropped it a little bit. So it's a little bit, it's menacing. Mm-hmm. I smoked out the windows. So I drive around with that. And I got an, an, an 08 uh, E350. I just got a, a, a workhorse Mercedes. Um, I don't have the room or the budget, to be honest with you. So, you know, you got to keep switching them in and out. But I just sold the Buick. And now well, after we finish the house, I want to get another one. We're eyeing up. I'm eyeing up a 67 uh, Mustang, a fastback I like. And I will make the bullet car out of it. The bullet car was the car from the movie Bullet that Steve McQueen uh, drove. He drove a 68 390 fastback. That's the car in that in that movie. It's Highland Green with American racing wheels. I want to make the 67 because I like the body better. A lot of information you didn't ask to know, but that's, that's what all, I got. That's no, that's what I love to hear. Because here's the thing. The, the, the later answer, the bullet, is something I understood. Mm-hmm. But when you said 1990 Lexus, to me, that doesn't seem like a classic car. That just seems like hard times have fallen upon Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's not classic. It's, just, it's old and funky. And I like it because, yeah. first of all, they, they're workhorses because Toyota made that car. That was their luxury brand. That was the first year it came out. So they built it like a tank because yeah. they knew they were going to get judged on it. And it's a great car. It's, it, there was one. My friend Matt Farah had one million miles. It was the million mile Lexus. Wait, the really? thing you got to do on that car, if anyone's got one, is it around 98,000? You got to ch- change the timing belt, which I did. That's the big thing. And then, you know, you're going to get the, the regular stuff you got to do to any car. You know, you know, brakes, you know, every once in a while, power steering pump might go, you know, something, mm-hmm. uh, you know, master cylinder, whatever. So, but, but yeah, it's a good car. But it's Dream. not like, you know, Lamborghinis and Ferraris and stuff. My wife had one of those when I met her. And, I, and then, you know, an oil change on is three grand. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I like I, um, for me, dream car, I had two. Well, one, and I think both these cars are shit. Do you know, if, are you familiar? So I think it was like a 98. I don't know the year, but it was a Porsche 911. But it was the one that almost looked like a transformer. It was like an 80s or 90s with Porsche. With a whale tail on it? Where, uh, let me. Probably had a Carrera with a, with a target top and a whale tail. No, it was the one that everyone. I, it's the one that you see on the street all the time that looks like shit. It's the Porsche that like 
It has that, like all Porsches are more the nine, smooth. The nine fourteen that that's on that's on a Volkswagen. Yes, that's it's a nine fourteen. The nine fourteen is on a Volkswagen. For it's a little, a little air cooled. It sounds like. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up right now just to make sure that I can confirm that this is right. But it's okay. my. I always love this car. Ooh, this one. Well, this is very old. Uh, I would say nine. <laughs> this is not it. Nineties. Oh, this is horrible. That I'm. This is horrible. I. What the fuck am I doing? I can't look. I need a producer. I'm having an I'm having an anxiety attack because I'm looking. Why? Because uh, I can't tell you what the car is. I thought it was a 911, but it had that like more of a boxier look for a Porsche, mm-hmm. and um, could possibly be a 914. But it was like more 80s 90s style. It looked like I my other favorite car was a Volkswagen Corrado, which was right. this like oh. weird. Yeah, you remember it? I uh, yeah, I like the Scirocco. The Volkswagen Scirocco oh, the, was my yes. Favorite. Yeah, those were cool. Scirocco. Yeah. And the GTI I like. I like the GTI. I had a GTI. I had a Golf. I had, which was like, you know, the, the, the slower version of the GTI. Mm-hmm. I had two Golfs, a GTI. I had, you know, Volkswagen Vanagon was my first car. Yeah. I like think, that. well, I, I, we, we did an episode of Top Gear in Germany. I had the new Lamborghini Hurricane and um, Tanner Faust, the race car driver on the show, had the, it was a gag. I, I showed up with a Lamborghini Hurricane. He showed mm-hmm. up with a, a Golf R, uh, which oh, is, oh, yes, the type yeah, R. I had that thing and we switched because he's a race car driver. I was like, can I drive it? I go, yeah. all right, but don't leave me because we're on the Autobahn. I don't speak German <laughs> and I don't know how to get back to the hotel. All right. Yeah. I don't know what what Osh fart we have to get off at. OK, so <laughs> don't leave me. He goes, OK, I won't. He fucking left me, Stone. Left mm. me. I got my foot to the floor in this golf R and it's it's I'm flying that because there's no <laughs> there's no speed limit flying down. The wind is I can feel the car because it's getting light because yeah. I don't know how fast I'm going because it's kilometers. I'm going like 280 miles an hour, but it's kilometers. I can't do math at that speed. I'm just flying. <laughs> So yeah, the Golf R was a fun car too. What was uh? I'm gonna get back to Adam for our questions, but you know, okay. Top Gear. It's exciting. Like, what what car were you in? That you were like, this is the. Was you have like a favorite? Like, like this was the best thing I've ever driven. Oh, this stunning car! Are you kidding? When I got when I got to drive, I drove. Um, well, first of all, they took out the the '66 uh, GT40, the actual race car. They took it mm-hmm. out of the museum, and I got to drive. It's the one that won Le Mans, and I got to drive. Right. I think in '60 in '66. So I, I got to drive it. I only drove it eight feet. But I which one, which one again? The GT40, I, the one with the Gulf livery on it, the race car that uh, yeah. was in uh, uh, Ford versus Ferrari. I watched that last night. That's why I was trying to confirm. That was yeah. the car you drove, the one that uh, the, the 66. I don't know. It was a mock. I don't know what mock it was, but it was that was the car they brought out. Oh, of that's it. a cool right hand drive. You got to turn on the oil pump and the, the motor's right here. I started up. <laughs> flames are coming out of the carburetor. Wow. Right? And the, the guys <laughs> come over and go, it does that. I'm like, not by my head. <laughs> I am a Hollywood celebrity. Yeah. So I can only them. drive it eight feet, right? Because <laughs> yeah. So so they said, the, and the clutch isn't set up. It's a museum piece. I mean, it runs. Right. So the clutch catches way high. So my knee is in my throat. All yeah. right. It's right hand drive. I got to shift with my left hand. Ooh. I put it in first gear. I get the clutch to catch. I drove it. I passed the camera. They go cut. All right, get out. The guys from the museum come over again. Get me out of the door, and it's slow. <laughs> they get me up out of the door. They pull me out. They go. You did good. Most people stole it. And I just, that was nice. it. But so yeah. that was one of my favorite cars. I drove, um, oh, they gave me a, uh, a brand new. And when I say new, I forget what year it was, but it was, it was, it was a, a Ferrari F12 Berlinetta. I did 188 miles an hour on a causeway. 
wow. in uh, in Utah. And it's a 212 mile an hour car. And I only got it up to 188 because it's not just like driving, Greg. You got to look right. at the camera. You got to talk and doing all this shit. And we both know we we both have ADD. Yeah. So, oh, look, a bird <laughs> dead, you know, at, at 180 <laughs> miles an hour. So I got up to 188 and my ass felt a speed wobble, which is just the moment before you go, fuck, you know, yeah. and that speed. <laughs> yeah. I'm I yeah. lifted. So that car was one of my favorites. And then the old, the older cars, like I got to drive an 87 Grand National, the Buick Grand National, yeah. which was that when that car came out, I remember I was at the Tri-County Flea Market on Long Island, which is a parking lot where everybody yeah. hangs out and, and uses the code word to try and buy fireworks from the from the flea market. Right. So we're hanging out and that car turned the corner. And I remember looking at it, it was all black and menacing. And I remember looking at it going, what did that guy do to that Monte Carlo? <laughs> yeah, so is that I, the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. So I got to drive that car. So that, you know, had significance. And a bunch of cars spoke to me. You know, I, I drove there. So in answer to your question, there's tons of them. Yeah, I have a weird favorite car that, like, it's the worst version of Camaros. But because I have, like, this... The IROC. The IROC. <laughs> the IROC to me was... I hated it growing up because it was all the guinea fucking shitty yeah. Italians in Bloomfield. We drive them. They come up and they beat you up and take your girlfriend. Yeah. But it was the only one that was automatic. It, it, mm -hmm. it wasn't stick. It was like the slowest one. But now as I get older, I look back and I go, man, I fucking love the IROC. And uh, I think those were like the pony cars, which was like the, the IROC. Like yeah. The Mustang. The, Mustang. Yeah, and the challenge. The challenge is big, though. She's a big girl now. His thing with the IROC. It's it's it still annoys me. It's the, the, the best thing about the IROC. Joey Maldari had one. All right. Yeah. Of course he did. And that's the car we used to take down to Atlantic City when we yes. would go gambling in Atlantic City. And the nice thing about the IROC is in the passenger seat where I had to sit, the headrest comes out so you can turn it around and use it as a pillow and put the seat back because we lost all the money. I had no money for a room. So, <laughs> yeah, there was no back seat in that thing either. So you had to sleep in the front. The back no, seat was, was a two shit. plus two. Like, yeah, you could. Right. Yeah. Maybe for a yeah, dog. The IROC wasn't my that that that, that was the third generation Camaro. What wasn't my favorite generation? I like no, the first the first generation was 60. It was a 67, eight, 68. They seven, were bigger. Yeah. 69 was a little bit smaller, 69 Camaros. And then 70 was the body change. Um, and then they kept that rounded to like 70. I'll say 77, 78. I'm not quite sure when the third generation came in. Was it or was it 80? I don't know. It was, it was right in that area. It might have been 1980 when, when the third gen came in. The 68 or 69 Camaro, I think, is my dream car. But mm -hmm. I, just have to, I just have to clarify that the IROC Camaro, I know, is garbage. I know. It, okay. I it's know a, it's, it's just garbage. my personal taste. It's no, my no, no, personal no. taste. But I think just, you know, it's like, a, it's like a song that you hated your whole life. It's like mm -hmm. Limp Bizkit, you know? Limp okay. Bizkit sucks. 20 years later, I hear Limp Bizkit. I have this nostalgia for Limp Bizkit. I'm like, man, I kind of like them. They're garbage. But I'm like, no, oh, man, I it's grown on me because it's just been in there for so long. I just had so many fucking babysitters that had that car. So right. many just slutty women driving around and those right. it's like that. There's like a there's a love to that car I have now, even though it's a shit car. Like I just okay. know it's, as far as Camaros go, it's a it's a shit Camaro. Um, yeah. Notoriously, well, I, I didn't like the body style. How's that? That's fair. It's all yeah. it's all fair. Yeah. Um, oh, next question. Unless this we have not a question. All right. Fine. Oh, dude, I do all of them. There's only six. All right. Um, I just love these because they're so fucking. They're like crazy. One is uh, well, this is too stupid. How did Aram Ferrara break his arm? Oh, on Top Gear, we had an episode of Top Gear. 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's the question they're asking because I broke my arm when I was a kid. Here's how I broke my arm when I was a kid, Greg. And I broke it three years in a row. It was my wrist three, on the summer. Three years every summer, for the, I had a run from second to third grade where mm -hmm. I broke my wrist. My, and my brother broke his collarbone and my other brother broke his wrist. So this day and age, child services would have been sent to the house. <laughs> I was about to say, this yeah. is an issue. First time How'd I broke it, I fell off. I fell off. Uh, my cousin Scotty lived in Levittown, Long Island, and he lived right back of the schoolyard, which was magical. Because if uh -huh. you walked out into his, there was a six foot chain link fence. But if you walked out into his backyard, you were like, there's a playground in your backyard because we could see the swings. You could see everything it was a play. So I climbed the fence. My jacket got caught. I fell over. There goes the wrist. OK, yeah. that next year we had a boat in my backyard. My father had a boat. Uh -huh. uh, it was this little little 14 foot you know, boat and it was on a trailer. And we took the the, uh, the post and rail fence down. He used to back it up into the backyard. And that's where we stored it in the winter while spring's coming around. And there was this tree that had flowers on it. I think it was a dogwood. Right. And I yeah. wanted, it was mother's day, you know, and the boat was in the backyard. So I want, I climbed up on the boat to pick a flower for my mother for mother's day. Look, I'm going to do this for my mom. Fuck. Boom. <laughs> there you go. Hi, ma. Happy mother's day. Take me to the emergency room. Yeah. All right. And, and the third, I was on skateboard. Another summer skateboard. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, uh, we used to call it the catamaran. You mm -hmm. have a skateboard when you were a kid. Yeah, I still skateboard. Okay. So, kind so of. you're sitting on, you're sitting on one, you sit on one skateboard. Your buddy sits on the other skateboard. You put your feet on his. He puts his feet around yours, and you go down the hill because I ah. lived on a hill, and it, and you would steer like a luge back and forth like a luge. But you're facing each other. It's odd. It's like a killer seesaw <laughs> with the concrete that far, with urethane wheels on a plastic board. Horrible. So, yeah. Ah, that's it. So yeah, that's how I broke my arm. I almost I had a similar similar story. Maybe we had a we had a Power Wheels Corvette, Barbie Corvette that someone threw out on the block once. It was like, uh -huh. you know, we ripped the motor out, ripped all the things out, and then we just decided that we were going to sit in it and then push each other as hard as we can down the hill and off a ramp. Yeah. But where the ramp was set up was directly in front of my stepdad's car. So we right. also then put trash and we had two pillow like cushions so that when you'd come mm -hmm. off the ramp, the other guys would grab you and try to like, so you didn't hit the car. They just jam into you with the pillows. Right. We, dude, I'm telling you, we were going off a ramp in this Barbie Corvette flipping <laughs> through the air. Everyone just landing on their neck and then kids just running over pillows and hitting you with the pillows. The pillows became just a thing you're just killing each other with. Oh, my. <laughs> it's like, the dangerous shit we used to do is kids. And like, I don't know how I'm alive. It's yeah. Wild. Yeah, first of all, I, my first question is, why did you just move the ramp? Now, because the, we, every time you, we, I remember exactly why, because cars were going on the street. So, oh, okay. and so we couldn't move the ramp every time a car would come. So we would just come off the ramp. Literally, cars would be passing us. We're just almost j fast and furious jumping over cars and shit. <laughs> it was so dangerous. Someone should have their eyes on us. But you know, I, we, um, the danger, I we did wrist. a bunch of dangerous stuff when I was a kid. Like I said, we would buy, uh, you'd hang around the Tri-County Flea Market, try and buy fireworks. Mm-hmm. Because there was always some older guy like, you know, I sell cookware. And like, that's all you got. And they take you out, you open up the trunk. <laughs> yeah. They had the fireworks, right? That's the move, yeah. So we would get uh, bottle rockets. And remember the yellow wiffle ball bats? Yeah, of course. So they had a hole in the bottom yep. of the wiffle. So you'd put the bottle rocket in there and you could aim it. Kind of. Yep. Because it's going to go where it was. But you could point it at someone. You you could point it at somebody. And that's what we did. We did that. We um we had um, my brother used to shoot them at me in the exact style. He would hold it like a shotgun and blast bottle rockets at my body. That's how I learned that bottle rockets don't really hurt because he would hit me with them. Ah, it would scare like they wouldn't kill us. 
but I was, mm-hmm. you know, I think you'd explode, but my brother used to hit us in the jack when hit me in the jacket with them all of the time. This was, yeah, you, you would hit them and, and then they go, pop. but if, if, if they timed it right, you're in trouble, but you can't control those things. <laughs> yeah. We had that. We did that. That was dangerous. We did, um, uh, you know, the hot wheels tracks. Of course. Oh, the best. Yeah. So the orange hot wheels track with the purple connectors, the, mm-hmm. well, if, if you take a purple connector and you go down to your dad's uh, workshop and you put it on the grinding wheel, you can make a spear. So <laughs> we made spears and we would throw spears at each other. It was these dangerous shit, you know. Then we would, uh, you know, spirograph. Remember spirograph? It was a, it was a gear. They look like little gears, yeah. and you mm-hmm. could put a pen in. There was holes in them. You put a pen and you follow the gears, and it would make like it looks like string art now or computer art, but back then it was pen and paper. And it was, yeah. it was a whole box. These little gears. It was called spirograph. We would take the gears and we would again go to the grinding wheel. That you got, you got to use a very fine wheel if you're going to do this, Greg. I just want <laughs> okay. your audience to use a fine yeah. wheel or fine sandpaper. And you would sharpen the edges and make uh, throwing stars, and you would throw them at your brother. So you had <laughs> sharp throwing stars to throw. Do we made weapons? I remember we had a tennis ball. We put nails in. We had a skateboard that we put nails through the skateboard so we could. If you were going to jump, you'd like hit him with it. We had these like zombie apocalypse weapons just waiting for things to happen, but like nothing ever happened, but we always had this plan. Oh, baseball bat with an old, you know, like a, like kind of like the grinding wheel for your dad's Yeah, a big blade. We put that, we just had, we would just be making weapons as 12 year old kids. Yeah. We're we made kill bomb- somebody. No, we did. We took, what? I would go to, again, dad shop. Yeah. Sure. Vice. What can we do with this? <laughs> yeah. Right. You take a tennis ball, you put mm-hmm. an old tennis ball after you're done playing with it. There's not a lot of bounce left in it. You put it in the vice. Then you take it, you take a drill, you drill a hole in the tennis ball. All right. Then you fill it with gasoline and <laughs> gasoline. Yeah. Gasoline. Kerosene works, too. We had a kerosene sure. heater and then you put a fuse in it. So you get like some kind of fuse and then you make yourself a bomb and you throw it it's like a little this, grenade. This podcast Problem just is, got flagged. We didn't know that how fast the fuse burns. <laughs> Boom. This is stupid. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast just became how to make bombs and I, we may have yeah, just this been flagged the, this is getting flagged this is getting flagged <laughs> oh man that's great um so yeah there we are it's funny i i guess i go to the next question you ever well, do that when you're podcasting to your child all right get your child get whatever you buy and make sure it's nerf right well that's the weird thing oh i kind of want to come back to these the beginning about being happy in the beginning that's this weird thing is that like i got in comedy, I remember there was a very specific moment in my life where I went, if this is it, I'm good, right? And I just think a lot of comedians don't do that. And then once tell me I that, tell me what that moment was. Um, it was I had I had auditioned for Montreal eight years in a row, mm-hmm. got a call back every year, and I didn't get it again. And then I went, and it was like there was some other thing I was up for, didn't get it, and I went, why the fuck can't I catch a break in this business? And I was like, I suck, blah, 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 blah. And I said two things to myself. I remember I went, maybe I'm a hack. And I went, well, mm-hmm. Greg, if you're a hack, you're a hack. There's nothing you could do about it. You're all right. You're, just keep doing the work you're doing and you'll just be a happy hack. That's fine. But you're not going to quit comedy. So whatever. Like, so mm-hmm. you'll just be a hack. And then I went, if nothing else comes, would you be happy? Like, are you, is this, is this a waste of your life? And I went, I'm enjoying myself and I enjoy the art. I enjoy crafting jokes. I enjoy mm-hmm. going on stage. And I went, if nothing more comes, that's okay. So stop relying on things that people have to give you. And 
that's good. But the only negative is you don't want to like, I'm always afraid of plateauing. You always have to be a little down on yourself just to give yourself the push. I don't think, I don't think, well, maybe that that's how to want more to want more, I guess. Yeah. To your, to want more. Yeah. You don't, you don't get complacent. I don't think the fuel or the drive has to be negativity because now right. you're, in my head, I'm playing catch up. If that's, I'm, you know, every, every morning I wake up, I wake up being late for the school bus every day. Does that make <laughs> yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. I just wake up like, yeah. I should have posted something. You know, but yes. I it's wake a horrible up way to I'm live. already behind, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that, that's, you know, so that, I don't want to live in that energy. I don't want to, but I still want to. And I think I'm, a, I'm where you are. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. It's a lot of fucking work, right? A lot of fucking work. The podcast I put together, first of all, thank you for noticing it. I do put a lot of effort into it because I'm a perfectionist because that's what brings me. That's what brings me the pleasure of, of when I listen to it, I go, that was a good show. You know, right. That was a good show that I would change. That was a good show, but I'm trying now to enjoy making the show and enjoying the process. It's still stressful because I'm worried about getting it done on time. And I'm worried about um, the outcome rather mm-hmm. than just being steeped in the doing and having the, the happy in the doing and then the happy in the outcome. So uh, I, I applaud you for realizing that you need a little bit of drive. I don't think it's gotta be negative for me. Negative doesn't work, but you got to enjoy what you're doing. Cause this could just be it, Greg, we could be right. peaking right now. Me and not you, to, this is not, it. not to sound negative, but like we could get nuked tomorrow. Well, yeah, but that, that's what know. everybody said. And, and by the way, that that theory doesn't work either. I had a friend of mine, too. Well, why don't you live every day like it's your laughs? You know, that doesn't help. I right. would be I would have a list, a bottle of vodka and things I got. <laughs> I would be drunk and, and, and settling old scores before I go. That's <laughs> what I would old do. scores. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't live in the, to me, it's not about living every day like your last, but it's living every day in the moment. You know, it's like, yeah, try to accept that at this moment right now. Mm-hmm. So, so this is a weird thing I have a theory about, but it's like sadness for the day. One sad thing can happen a day and then you just live on that sadness for the day. But the reality is all you have to be is happy for the next three seconds. Just worry about the next three seconds. Yeah. And right then, here now. Yeah. Right here. And just, even if you're like, your dad just got shot in the head. You're looking at your dad dead on the floor, you know, and it's like, this is bad, but like, I'm going to take three seconds to be happy, you know, and like, you just take those three seconds and try to just remain in the moment. Things will be better because time, as you get older, you realize time is I agree, but I, so if, fast. Those, those, those three seconds could be the three seconds that would have saved your dad's life. So now dad's dead. <laughs> so maybe. I'd say just stop pumping his heart. You know, or stop doing the CPR yeah. to be happy. Yeah. Be happy in the can CPR. I, can I have three seconds? I know you <laughs> shot. Can I just have three seconds, please? Yeah, but being in the moment is it's being, you know, it's that mindfulness shit of like just trying to like. Well, yeah, and it's getting, I mean, it's easy on paper. It's getting there. It's like meditation. Meditation is mm-hmm. easy. Transcendence is hard, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's the, uh, what I found is I had to come at it the other way because I didn't know what being in a moment meant, but I did know why I wasn't. And why I wasn't was I saw, I, I noticed the pattern of the when then bet. And it happened, it happened to me as a young comic. And it goes back to what we're talking about. When I get the Letterman spot, then I'll be happy. When I get, right. so the when then bet is a fucking carrot and a stick. There is no when then, it's now. Right, so. How, how many relationships I remember this. I know women who say this a lot, friends who are girls who say this. And I did the same thing. It was like, Oh, I'll be happy when I meet the right person. And the biggest thing about every relationship is you're not going to 
meet the right person. Fill your cup first. You can't mm-hmm. have someone else. A relationship shouldn't be them filling you with happiness. You need to come with happiness. Yeah. And then together you're both happy and and that's it. You know, that person, another person, another thing, another that's none of none of that's gonna work. It all yeah. co- happiness is not external, it's internal and making yeah. it come. I'll out. be happy when I meet that person. Good. Right. They'll be miserable in the relationship. <laughs> yeah. You're putting a lot on them. Yeah. A There's a them. lot of pressure that they're not aware of. Yeah. Oh, I have to make you happy. You've been ha- yeah. you've been unhappy for 30 years. Yeah. yeah it's and, not and, work. And, and, you know, we're, we're both married dudes and I know we just want our wives to be happy. Um, but, you know, I, I tell my wife, I just want you to be happy. And she's like, I know, but what you're doing is not it. I said, OK, <laughs> we got to have a meeting. Is there another room for the meeting? You have to go in the other. We, we got to go in the meeting room. We got to go to a meeting. We go for a walk. We walk around a block. And uh, my wife and I go, this is my big date. This is how, what a romantic I am. I said, you want, you want to go out for a steakout lunch? Okay. So we, we put the dogs in the back of the car. I go to the supermarket. I buy food for us. And we park because I live by the beach. We park right down by the beach. And we eat in the car like we're on a steakout. And we feed uh, the dogs. And that's us. That's our steakout lunch. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's, the, that's what's, not to sound uh, arrogant, but that's what I love being about being a comedian is that we, I don't know, for the most part, I could bring a good time wherever we go. You know, and it's like, mm-hmm. we don't, I don't need to go. It's like, we don't need to do a thing. I just want to sit for me. A party isn't loud music and dancing. It's like, give me a bonfire and let's all just tell stories like that's the yeah. best. That's, yeah. Good people. Nice vibe. Good feeling. Yeah. That's huge for me. For me, a good time is a zero balance on my, on my credit card. Ah, oh, love that. <laughs> that's a party. That's yeah. a party. <laughs> me and tar- me and my wife go to Target. I go, we go, we literally walk into Target. I run away because I'm an, I'm a child who needs to right. go to the action figure section. I run to the action figure section. I look around, then I meet back up with her, and I go, "Hey, what'd you find?" And then we talk, and then we'll we'll do the walk, and we'll that's like we just walk around Target, and it's dumb, and it's not even nice, but it's like this is what we enjoy doing, and it's nice to get away in a weird. Yeah, because I, I make plans, honey. I'm gonna take you out for a nice dinner. There's there's some beautiful restaurants. So I a nice dinner and a movie, and then that turns into why don't we make dinner? And we put something on Netflix and just curl up. And that turns into, I've already eaten. Are you hungry? No. All right. Let's just sit down and watch a movie. Then we put a movie on and like, oh, this is going to be. That's it. And I fall asleep. This is my life. That is exactly my life. It is. Yeah. It is. And, and, and here's the other thing about date night, movie night. And I have to clarify for my wife. And uh, she goes, do you want to watch a movie? I said, OK, are we watching a movie or are we going to discuss a movie that's on? Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're always talking and I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know, honey. I don't I don't know who that guy is. I didn't write <laughs> this. I don't. She always does that. My wife always it's always the like, who's this? I go, I have been watching this movie the same amount of time as you have. Yeah, we came into this together. I, I have no more. Info. It's not a sequel. And I didn't see the first one first. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I kind of want to be like, look, you watch the movie on your time. I'll watch the movie on my time. And date night is we meet up and talk about the movie. Okay, because <laughs> the act of watching the movie, especially with my wife, is impossible because yeah. I'll put the movie on and she immediately goes on her phone and then is like, oh, that's it. Like she she's not even a big phone person. But she's just and she doesn't even have ADHD, but she's worse than me. I'm like, yeah, for her movie, she's into it for my movie. I'm like, pay fuck attention. I'm going to, there's going to be a quiz. Okay, you're going to need to know. Oh, it's, not, it's not even that. Like, I'll tell you the last movie because we watched Doctor Strange. Right. Mm-hmm. So watching Doctor Strange and, and in the middle of the movie, I look up, my wife's phone is on and she does this. She said, Benjamin Cumberbatch was Sherlock Holmes. Did you know that? I go, we don't I don't want to do the interview. He's, he's Dr. 
Dr. Strange right now. I want him to be Dr. Strange. I want the cape to choose him. Can I see that moment, please? She's doing pop-up video as you. Yeah. She's doing the, as That's you're. Great. Yeah. My you wife know? is pop-up video. That's it. More <laughs> information's on. coming in. I know it's, it's a, it's a thing. Is yeah. this, oh, it actually said, this is some dumb question. Are you, I don't know if you're open about your wife at all, but it says, who is Adam Ferreira's wife? Mrs. Ferrara. Next question. <laughs> you met um, her. She's beautiful. I did, but I wasn't sure uh, if it, it's, it literally, that's one of the big questions here is who is your yeah. wife? Yeah. Um, but I'm, my wife, I'm not allowed to mention, she does not exist to the internet. She's not allowed. She's yeah, there's, well, no well, there's a me. boundary, you know, because my wife is on the podcast with me and I could understand because right. I met your wife after you did my show. We walked out to the car. Yes. I said, Hi, how are you? And I know when we walked away, she's like, what is wrong with him? He's <laughs> she loved you. Yeah. Are you crazy? My wife, yeah. you know, look who she's married to. You are <laughs> a six year older version of me. You, this is the exact, we are loud, obnoxious Italian people who don't shut the fuck up. My wife. <laughs> And my dad is a thousand times worse than me. My wife walks up to my dad. My dad walks and he goes, hey, fucking Tina, sit down. And my dad just doesn't stop talking for four hours. Mm. She laughs hysterically. And then she goes home. And yeah. that's you. My, my wife is very quiet and she loves when people are just on. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she goes, I'm sorry, just one more about this. When I met my wife, we went to a we met at a rest. Uh, we went on a date to a restaurant to get mm -hmm. coffee. I said, you want to go get some coffee? We go to the diner for coffee. She got tea. I got a French dip sandwich. Uh, <laughs> and she was like, and she said, I, she goes, you, I don't know how you knew anything about me that you talked for two hours straight at a, with a French dip sandwich in your mouth. And she said, I love this guy. I don't have to do anything. He'll just do all the talking and that's good. I don't want to talk. And it, that's how the relationship worked. That's great. Then I got a job at a record startup. You want more honey? Can a lady get some more honey for a tea? And I'll take some more as you. <laughs> She was like, I knew exactly who you you were exactly who you were today, that date. And she was like, this is nice. Like, I think she was I think you farted. Like, I don't even, like she said you just got 100 percent Greg on the first day. And I remember why, too. It's because at the time and she knows this, I was also dating this other girl who I was kind of in love with. Right. So like Tita was my like I used to do a thing where it's like you, if you could date two people, you don't put all your energy into one and then they don't get freaked out. So mm -hmm. Tita was the backup plan. Then I realized that the girl I was dating was like this. I was like head over heels, but it was all bullshit. And right. then my wife, I got robbed at gunpoint. My wife goes, well, I'll just pay your rent. And I was like, this is crazy. And a woman who would do this for me is insane. And I went, fuck love. I don't care what love is. I want the person who treats me the right way. I'll do that. And I said, and it turns out that's what love is. Someone who treats you the right way and all that shit. But yeah, that's, that was how my wife and I got. Okay. We're going to back up for two things for me. Sure. So uh, I, I have an internet question here on Greg Stone. Like, what the, you got robbed? How did he get robbed at the gunpoint? It's not me. Google wants to know. <laughs> what do you mean? I was robbed at gunpoint twice. One in time in Paris. Guy came up to us, put a gun in our face, gave him some money, left. No big deal. That's a whole bit about that. <laughs> no big deal. That. Bonjour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God. Five foot three, beautiful man, thin mustache, leather jacket, goes, Bonjour. Do you have a cigarette? And we're like, I don't smoke. And he goes, pulls out a gun, puts it in our face. Me and my friend Chris go, okay, we give him the money. And then he escaped, no joke, on a Vespa scooter. He left on a scooter going six miles an hour, same direction we were uh, headed in. And he just was like, we just kept like, there he, there he goes. There he is, still in the visual. There's my, there's my wallet. <laughs> See you later, wallet. Um, but then with my wife, I had a, uh, we had to, used to have to pay my rent in cash. 
So mm-hmm. I went to pull the Wait money out. What, what uncle's house were you living at? <laughs> the guy's name, no joke, his name was Doodoo. He was an Indian man named Doodoo. We used to call mm-hmm. him Doodoo. Hey, Doodoo. Doodoo would come. And uh, he wanted the rent in cash. And it was like six or 700 bucks. And uh, I remember I pulled it out of the ATM. Person comes up behind me and like puts a gun in my back and goes, give me the fucking money. So I was like, okay. I held the money. He grabbed it. I turn around. He was like a 13-year-old kid. I fucking chased him down. I couldn't catch him. I have asthma. I'm fat. Whatever. Right. He got away. There was definitely no gun. It was just some little kid. It probably was like 15 or something. Who knows? He wasn't Jeez. 12 or 13. But uh, I went home. I was like, and this is a time in my career when I was like, I told her, I was like, there's nothing I can do. I was like, you have, that guy took all of the money I have. I only have that much money to do rent. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And my wife was like, well, I have the money. Well, she's my girlfriend at the time. She goes, well, I'll just give it to you. And I was like, but you don't understand. I'm not going to be able to pay you back. Maybe ever. Like you don't, mm-hmm. think there's, there's no situation that's coming in my life where I'll have a double $600. Yeah. So she was like, if you don't ever have it, you don't ever have it. She's like, but you don't have it. So what are you going to do? And I, and I made that choice. I went, who do I want to be with the girl who's fucking other dudes and she's wild and it's fun. Or the woman, when the shit came down to it, had my back no matter what. And I went, yeah. I don't, I said, fuck love. Cause I thought love was the other girl. I went, I want this. I'll take okay, this. Well, let's back up love. to fuck love, shall we? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think your idea of love was that infatuation with that other girl. Am I am I understanding that correctly? Love was. Yeah, I thought love was that like feeling that like, oh, her. Ah, ah. Uh, yeah, but it's, I, I think for me. Yeah, I Sorry, think yeah. for me, it's and, and I, I'm just trying to find my own because I've been with the same. We've been married. Geez, we, we've been together forever. Uh, and I and I don't want to go anywhere else because it just keeps it's like that song I, I mentioned you, that Clapton song. It keeps evolving. I get that feeling with different di- different circumstances in the relationship I'm in. That first like sit down, we're gonna wig wig on a fuck forever. That goes away, right? Of course, right? Yeah, that goes away. Um, but the, it, the the field, the connection I have, my wife just keeps getting bigger. And again, because of adversity we face together and the yelling and the screaming of how I think things should be, which they never are because mm-hmm. I'm married. <laughs> you know, married yeah. love is never having to say you're sorry. Marriage is having it tattooed on your forehead. I think that's pretty much right. What it she is. gets it. You know, that that's yeah. your default setting. Um, but to make myself notice what I'm doing that's not serving us and ultimately becoming a better person by not making that choice again and seeing what she does for me and what I can do for her. That's, I think that's, that love keeps evolving for me. You know, I do, it, it keeps getting bigger. It's a difference between power and force. You know, mm-hmm. the force is something you got to act upon. Like, I want that girl. I want, 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 want. You're chasing, chasing, chasing. Power just is. And the power that you can have, it's like gravity. Gravity's mm-hmm. not doing anything, but it's not mm-hmm. throwing shit around, but shit's going to fall, you know? Yeah. So it's like the, the power that I feel uh, in wanting to care for my wife and allowing her allow, or allowing that energy to come in. You said taking a compliment and seeing how she cares for me. That's powerful for me, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I a thousand percent agree and want to add like a, an analogy to kind of, so what I used to think love was, was talent, right? Talent. Like you're born with talent. I can hit five jump shots. Good. And I went, but what love really is to me, what I, as a growing is it's built and Mm -hmm. it's 
skill. It's practice and something that is way harder to get. Like it's way harder to work for. Like love. Sure. What I used to think was like this thing you fall into, your natural ability, this natural thing. And now it's like, no, love is my my baby, my wife has this baby. And this is gonna sound fucked up, but like my wife had the baby and she mm-hmm. is, I guess, like the most out of shape. She has a baby, a post baby body, right? Okay. Which if 20 year old Greg might have been like, Ugh. but I look at her and I've never seen someone more beautiful in my life. Like, and I, I, I it sounds insulting, but I look at her and she's her, she's glowing and, and she's, you know, she just had a baby and I've never like, I'm like, holy shit. Like I've never been more in love with you. Mm-hmm. And this is a, it's a vegetable love. It feels clean. That other shit is McDonald's. It's that, right. you know, it's like you, you got eat it. Ah, it's, you look at a TikTok video, you're like, I want to like that bullshit. Yeah. The earned built love is the better. It's a building you built. It's literally you've built something together. I know every brick in that house, mm-hmm. you know, and that to me is I cannot live without her. I have the same feelings I thought I had in the beginning with those other people, but mm-hmm. they came now slower and better and stronger. If that makes yeah. sense. I, I, yeah, I think it's the connection. And for me, it's like it, it, it gets rid of the idea of who I the singularity of me and the connection of us. And mm-hmm. then through that and through what we do for a living, if we do it right, you know, I feel the connection with the audience and we can go anywhere. You know, that's when you're outside of yourself. When I'm riffing on stage and it's just coming through me, it's coming through me, it's going to them. And it's a, there's a loop. There's right. a loop that we're all connected with. So I think it's, it's not seeing yourself in the other person. It's, it's realizing that we're all one and we're all, we all are the other person, if that makes any sense on a, on a, 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 a quantum level, metaphysical. Level, you want to call yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about that a lot of actually that we all are one. Like if you look at, I, I've said this before, but if you look at your skin through a telescope, it's all cells, right? Mm-hmm. So, but if you looked at earth through a telescope, you would see humans and all mm-hmm. we are, are things that live together. We die, we come back and we regurgitate. We all are part of the, we are legitimately all one. We are like, there isn't like, that's not a philosophical thing. We all are. It just depends on your perspective on how close or how far away you want to look at what we are. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it does. It, I had I had a quantum physicist on my podcast. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, because I know how to party. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the most fun. Yeah. That's Dr. Amazing. Larry Fall was on my podcast and we're talking about um, uh, the, the connection between people and the connection between things and um and on a quantum level, it's like everything just vibrates. So if you vibrate it, because I was I meditate for years, but I was meditating when I first started to get shit, mm-hmm. you know, again, yeah, the, sure. and then bet to get stuff, you know, because, yeah. you know, you know, you're on the road late at night. You're at some shitty gig. And then Wayne Dyer comes on because PBS needs money. And he says, if you breathe right, you'll get a series. <laughs> yeah. And there you are like, um, um, wacky neighbor, um, you know, trying to manifest shit. So I had this guy on who was explaining how um, if you vibrate at a certain level, it vibrates other things, the connection of of the uh, the 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 uh, the field, uh, the connection of the field um, that where you can actually manifest stuff and, and make things happen. I haven't done it yet. So vibrating can make things happen. I'm so confused. I can vibrate. Yeah, yeah. it's just like if it, things, it's string theory, like everything. The, the subatomic level is a particle. This is going to get us a lot of less. The subatomic <laughs> is, is a particle, but uh, is but only when you look at it, it's a waveform until you put your consciousness on it and then it becomes something. So the theory is 
that everything is vibrating. And then when you put your consciousness on it, it becomes the thing that you're intending it to be. It's a song I wrote called I'm too stupid to know what you're talking <laughs> about. Too stupid to know. Well, look, I, pretend it's not, like I don't I think know. it's too stupid. I don't think I, I don't think I explained it correctly. <laughs> no, no. I actually am following, but it just got to be like, Oh boy, that is, that's no, that's great. I yeah. just wanted to make a dumb joke. Uh, I'm just here to plug my special on YouTube. Man. You want, <laughs> um, you're the one that took me down this road with the questions. You fuck. No, I love it. No, this is all I, this is all I want. Listen, <laughs> I do a, a podcast that I love that sometimes we do goofy and I we love to do goofy, but what I really truly love is the, the deep get in there. No okay. What do you know, love about, what do you love about, uh, talking about stuff on this level because i'll tell you what i love about it but you, you tell me what you love about it first um well two things is one we we're just kind of talking about this a little bit but one thing i love to talk about is it's it's essentially i call it, it's it's up and down i call it which is time which is if you look at time expand time enough you know if you look at a mountain right mm -hmm. um and you watch it through the course of a million years a mountain will a mountain looks like it's moving right mm -hmm. because it's moving so fast because you're watching it grow but if you look at a mountain through our lifespan a mountain does not move right mm -hmm. so it's all about perspective at when you're seeing things in time to see actually how they're moving but then it also goes that's left and right but up and down is distance right mm -hmm. again if you're looking at me the way we're looking at each other you see a human but mm -hmm. if you look super far in you see a bunch of cells if you look super far out you see the universe, right? Mm -hmm. So it's all about the perspective of time versus space to see where existence even is. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like our universe could be over in a millionth of a second and that could be a part of, it's like just, that's the stuff that gets me rock fucking hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of the space time continuum really just gets it. it that puts lead in your pencil. <laughs> yeah. I get real. I get rock hard. Do you masturbate and like comb your hair like Einstein up? And... <laughs> Dude, nothing gets me harder than the mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> I always wanted to have Neil Tyson Grassi on and just be like, so Neil, let's talk about the powerhouse of the cell. That's clearly the only thing I know about science. Right. The mitochondria anyway, but that's what, but what gets you going about talking about this stuff is, yeah. Is, or you, yeah. If I can distill a thought that makes me feel better into an understanding because you don't really understand everything. Like I'll, I'll tell you exactly in reading all this stuff and, and, and trying to just to heal, to feel better. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when I find a quote that articulates a feeling I have and I can communicate it to other people. So during a conversation. So this conversation is the potentiality and the possibility to have that. I'll tell you one crystallizing statement that really helped me a great deal. And it came out in a conversation in an interview um, and is uh, worry is not responsibility. That Ooh. one, yeah. that one made that opened a whole door for me. Because Expand on that though. Well, my worry is not responsibility. It's like if, if, if I'm not worried about something, I'm not being responsible. If I'm not worried about paying the bills, right. I'm not being responsible about my about taking care of my family. And I made that connection in my head by seeing my dad. My dad was my hero. He was always worried. He was always, you know, you know, every goddamn light's on. Everyone. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't miss any of them, you know, so because he was worried about playing the bills. So I would always worry like him because I thought that's what the man of the house did. Right. It's not. It was it was it was 
it was taking away from my life because I was worried all the time and looking right. for things to worry about because that's what the machine was programmed to do. Right. So that kind of released it for me. I love that because that's, I mean, I, I similarly had that. I just thought you had to like, if you're not worried, you're not thinking. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I get into this fight with my wife all the time because she's constantly like, I'm, I will say I'm the worst case scenario because I'm in a position now where I could let, I swear to God, I have no idea how much money I made last year. Mm -hmm. My, I just, my, I don't know here, honey, here's the money. I have no idea. But I should I've gotten way too far to the left on that. You know, it's like mm -hmm. I could be doing well. I could be dead tomorrow. I really have right. no idea. But this is the best way to kind of live. I mean, I'm responsible. I pay the bills and the time and all that shit. And I but I just kind of look at it. I go, I swipe the debit card. If it goes, we're good. If it doesn't, well, mm -hmm. I got to do more work next week. Like mm -hmm. it's just kind of like that. But I love it. I mean, I don't want to live that life of constantly stressed out like my I, here's the always. thing greg i didn't know i had a choice i didn't know i had right. a choice not to live that life until i got older you know mm -hmm. and and what and the choice came because the old pattern was was it wasn't helpful it was like i was yelling all the time it wasn't it was it was my, my quality of life with my my wife wasn't good so a change had to happen it's like <laughs> it, it's like a butterfly you know you get you get uh uh a caterpillar it, it, it doesn't, oh, today I'm a butterfly. No, it, it, it dies. It goes into a cocoon. It's got to go through all kinds of pain and suffering until one day you, 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 it, the, the time, like you said, goes out and now it's time for it to become a butterfly. So That's I didn't want to have to go through that decay. You know, I'm not high, but man, when you really think about it, butterflies are fucking crazy. That yeah. is wild. Yeah. That they're an animal and then they're yeah. another animal. That used to be something <laughs> else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Imagine, like, imagine yeah. tomorrow I was a leopard. He's like, yeah. yeah, I went through my thing. I'm a leopard now. Whatever. Yeah. You know, years ago, I had 16 legs. Now I got these two big wings. <laughs> yeah. One other thing I want to do, I also don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, I know sure. we're coming in on the hour mark, but uh, Seton Smith actually said this to me. And something that I love is he, he said to me, he goes, uh, oh, he didn't send it to me. He said to someone else, someone gave it to me. But I always get off stage. One joke doesn't go. And I want to kill myself. Right. Yeah, that's the one you and focus on. And Seton said, don't ask what went wrong. Ask what went right. Yeah. And then you go, right. 80% of that set was good. I didn't mm -hmm. close strong. So I'm going to hate myself for not closing strong. 80%. But you look at life that way. Don't ask yourself what went wrong. Ask yourself what went right. You know, we're still mm -hmm. here. We're still yeah. here. What do you got? What can you make out of it? And let the good in. It's like what you said to be. You can't take a compliment. No, because we focus on the shit that goes wrong. Because we don't feel like we're worried about it. Was it was it Nelson Mandela said our greatest fear is not that we are powerless. Our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond belief. Whoa, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, that's great, Adam. I think that's a great note to close on. Good Thank to see you, you baby. Thank First you for all, letting me plug my special. Let's plug that special again. Uh, let me get the YouTube. Oh, I'll put it all in the links. I'm not gonna put cool. the, Yeah, I'll put it all in the links. Uh, also, uh, your podcast. Where can they get your podcast? Uh, you can get it wherever you get your podcast called The Adam for Our Podcast. 30 minutes, you'll never get back. Greg Stone graciously has been a guest on it. Uh, who have I recently had that I remember? Off the Stevie Van Zant was a lot of fun. Uh, he was uh, he was cool. And who else did I have? Oh, if you're a sports fan, I had Joe Buck on. I had uh, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. A bunch of people are on there. I had the, the, the quantum physicist and on. And I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm trying to think who I got coming up. Um, it's a blind. Oh, I had Katie Coleman, the astronaut on. She lived in the space station for six months and she plays the wow. flute. 
She's playing the flute in the space station with Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull. He's on Earth. She's in space. <laughs> and they're playing the flute together. That's why I've done nothing with my life, Greg. Nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know that you're saying that in jest, but that's awesome, dude. Thanks for yeah. coming on and doing my podcast, man. I, Good to you see know, you, brother. I'm going to be at the cell tonight, and uh, hopefully I'll see you, and we'll laugh soon when you get back to town, all right? All right, man. See you soon. Thanks. Be good, brother. All right. Bye. Big up your head. Big up your body. Get on the bus. It's time to party. It's Gregory. It is a Saturday night, Gregory. Take your socks off and take your pants off.